When I was in seminary, I was required to take a United Methodist history class. On the first day of that class, the professor asked each one of us, why are you United Methodist? Hmm, that's a pretty good question. I can't remember my exact response. I think I said something about prevenient grace or the open table. You know, something that sounded smart. But in the days and weeks that followed, I kept thinking about that question. Why was I United Methodist? After several sleepless nights and hours deep in thought, I arrived at an answer. And I will tell you why. I am United Methodist. I am United Methodist for the potlucks. <laughs> potlucks are amazing. In the church I grew up in, nearly every event was a potluck. In fact, whenever I cook one of my Grandma Phyllis's recipes, I only use one-third of the amount of every ingredient because I know she has tripled the recipe in order to feed everyone at the potluck. Like Grandma Phyllis's recipes, potlucks are a practice in abundance. Potlucks are a time when people bring what they have, share it with others, and there is enough for everyone. But potlucks did not start in a time of abundance. They began in a time of scarcity. Potlucks first rose to popularity during the Great Depression. No one could afford a big meal to feed lots of people, so they all made what they something with what they had and brought a dish to share. While they were individually lacking, when they came together and combined their resources, they had enough. Our scripture today is the feeding of the 5,000. I don't know about you, but miraculously feeding thousands of people sounds like a potluck to me. Like the history of potlucks, our story today does not begin with abundance. It begins with scarcity. The scripture tells us that there were 5,000 men present. The author doesn't specify how many women or children were there. So we can conclude that well over 5,000 people needed to be fed. I can see why the disciples were stressed. The disciples come to Jesus saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. The disciples were looking at the crowd through a lens of scarcity, through a lens of not having enough. As the scripture says, 
They are in a deserted place. It is not only their geographic location that is deserted, but their hearts and spirits are deserted as well because they lack the generous abundance that Jesus calls them to. In the version of this story found in John's gospel, Philip even says it would take more than half a year's wages to buy bread for each one to have a bite. The abundance in this story does not come from the disciples or directly from Jesus or from a wealthy donor. Abundance starts with someone unexpected. It starts with a child who offers just five loaves and two fish. Jesus asks the child, what do you have? In asking this question, Jesus is inviting the child to be a part of God's abundance. Throughout scripture, we see God bring abundance from unexpected people and places. When the Israelites are hot and dehydrated in the desert, God makes fresh water spring from a rock. For his first miracle, Jesus turns water into wine so that a wedding celebration can continue. And when a widow offers her last two coins, Jesus says it is the most generous offering. We serve a God of abundance. God brings abundance out of the most commonplace of objects and the most ordinary people. While the disciples saw a hungry crowd, Jesus saw beloved children of God. The disciples saw empty cups, and Jesus saw cups running over with goodness and mercy. The disciples looked through a lens that was clouded with scarcity, and Jesus looked through a lens at everyone gathered through a lens of abundance. Part of loving our actual neighbor is seeing them as Jesus does, looking at them through a lens of abundance and generosity. Like the child who brought Jesus two loaves and some fish, Jesus is asking us, what do you have? Jesus is extending an invitation, inviting us to be a part of God's abundance. Jesus is asking us to see people for who they are and what they have, rather than what they are lacking. All of our neighbors have gifts, wisdom, passions, time, talents, resources, and more that they can generously share. Everyone can bring something to the potluck. When we love our actual neighbors, we see them and our neighborhoods with abundance. We recognize that each neighbor is an essential piece of our neighborhood and each one of them has something to offer. Like at a potluck, 
while we individually may only have one dish, collectively we have a whole feast. This week, my prayer is that you practice looking at your neighbors with abundance. Like in scripture, I hope that you are surprised. I hope that God's abundance is lavished on your neighborhood from where you least expect it. I hope that you recognize the abundance within yourself. You have something special and important to offer your neighborhood. Together with our neighbors, through a lens of abundance and a spirit of generosity, we can make our neighborhoods centers of community, relationship, and joy. I did pass my United Methodist History class in seminary. And even after everything I learned, I am standing by my original answer. I am United Methodist because of the potluck. Potlucks welcome everyone to the table. Potlucks shout abundance and embody generosity. Potlucks affirm that everyone has something good to share. God has gifted each of you with something special and important to offer your neighborhood. Together with our neighbors, through a lens of abundance, we can make our neighborhoods centers of community, relationship, and joy. Amen.